This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message. Okay, if you would turn to uh, 1 Timothy. We're in the very uh, last few verses here. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Some final uh, words from the Apostle Paul to uh, Timothy. And just a, a reminder there, Timothy was uh, serving as an elder at uh, Ephesus. And so Paul is uh, writing this epistle and, and then, of course, Second Timothy as well, giving instruction to Timothy, and specifically here, as we've mentioned several times, you remember reading and us talking about in chapter 3, verse 15, he's giving instruction for how we are to act, how we are to conduct ourselves in the household of God, which is the church. That's us. We're the household of God. So Paul says to Timothy, writing so that you may know how to conduct yourselves in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So here are some final instructions in chapter 6. Um, he uh, gives some specific words for uh, wealthy believers and then a final uh, exhortation to uh, Timothy to uh, hold to the truth, guard what was committed to his trust. Verse 17, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. Alright, so again, Paul's concern here is that the church... uh, know who we are and uh, that we act accordingly uh, in, in this world. That we, that we uh, not only proclaim the truth, although that's certainly a huge part of, of our calling. Um, and I think, again, that's part of what's meant in uh, chapter 3, verse 15. Where the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. We, we hold forth the truth. The church is all about the truth, as, as we've said many times. Um, we we hold to it, you know. Everything we do is based on the truth, and we we proclaim the truth. Uh, and again, he's giving us instruction here on how to live the truth and how that plays out in uh, in, in various aspects of the Christian life. Now, specifically here, verse 17, command those. He's telling Timothy. He's giving Timothy a command to command again. Command those who are rich. In this present age, or literally the, the now age, Paul's 
they're contrasting the now to the to the future. You're rich here. All Christians are, are if you, I mean, if you truly know the Lord, we're we're rich in the eternal sense and in the best sense of the word. <laughs> we we are rich. We have all the uh, riches and glory to, at our disposal. Um, but specifically here, he's talking about believers who are uh, materially wealthy, the rich in the now age. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now, notice in these next few lines here um, how similar uh, the, the thought line of thought here is to uh, what we've been looking at in Matthew 6. Let them do good... That is the rich in this present age, in the now age. Let them do good that they be rich in good works. That is exactly what Jesus is exhorting in the Sermon on the Mount. That we would do good works to store up treasures in heaven. Or literally to treasure up treasures in heaven and not treasure up treasures in this earth. So that we shouldn't seek after or, or, or uh, spend our lives and our, our, our resources accumulating things, the things of this world, um, but be rich in good works. So he says, let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. So there again, you have the concept of storing up, doing good works, in order to store up, store up, Jesus um, says over in, in uh, Matthew, heavenly treasure. Okay, you treasure up treasures in heaven. Uh, Paul says here, um, you store up good works, or, or do good works rather, verse 19, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. So he's talking about eternity, just as Jesus is in the Sermon on the Mount. So those who are rich in the now age, the exhortation is, those who are rich in the now age, instruct them, exhort them to concentrate on being rich in the future age. And and to put more uh, emphasis on that, on heavenly treasures, than on earthly treasures. Well, how, how can they do that? He says, be rich in good works. They, they have resources. Be willing to give. Be willing to use your resources for the benefit of others and for the glory of God. Um, let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. And in doing this, he's saying, they'll be storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. That's strong language. But again, that's what he's saying. Our focus should be on eternity. Our, our passion should, should be for eternal things. Our affections set on uh, things above where Christ is. Um, our lives should be spent um, living for and preparing for Eternity. So store up, as Jesus says, treasures not here, but treasures in heaven. 
do good works, be ready to give, willing to share. Let me uh, um, let me give you a couple of uh, the antithesis of that. All right, actually, we'll we'll listen to uh, Jesus giving it um, first in Luke twelve. If we have time, we'll look at a couple of these. Um, Luke 12. <clears throat> and this is the uh, Jesus parable of the rich fool. Verse 15. And he said to them, that is Jesus, and he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Let me say this real quick. I I can remember this uh, uh, definition uh, from way back. I don't know where it comes from. (laughs) Heard it more or less all my life and said it. Many times myself. But covetousness is oftentimes defined as uh, desiring something that somebody else has. And so, uh, a lot of times the way that is used, the way that definition is used, is it's, it's okay, um, and, and I'm going to be a little more... Uh, People wouldn't normally say it this way. I'm going to be a little more frank, but a lot of times people have the idea it's okay for me to have some some sort of inordinate desire to desire something I don't need, as long as I'm not desiring something that already belongs to somebody else. As long as I'm not desiring somebody else's possession, I don't think that's the good biblical def- definition of covetousness. I think the biblical uh, idea of covetousness is basically uh, greed. It's, it's, it's basically wanting something, anything that uh, God has not blessed you with, uh, and that you know maybe God in His uh, wisdom uh, is not going to bless you with. He's fit that you don't that you don't need it, but we would uh, desire it anyway, just because. Um, well, just in a selfish manner. So Jesus says, "Beware of this," and this is what. Uh, Paul, by implication, is warning against too in his instructions to the rich. Now, they already have things, but what they can do is hoard that stuff up and be greedy in that way, or they can distribute, which is what he's instructing them to do. So Jesus says, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Well, if that's not a word for 21st century American culture, I don't know what is. One's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Life is not about accumulating things, according to Jesus. Then he spoke a parable to them. Now listen to Jesus' illustration here. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. 
And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And here's the illustration. Um, The ground of a rich man yields plentifully so that he has so much, notice the wording here, that he has no room to store his crops. He's blessed with that kind of abundance. So he says, what, what shall I do? Shall I distribute the crop? Shall I give it away? Shall I share the abundance? Doesn't even seem to consider that, does he? He says, I'll, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. Why? Why do that? So that I may store up all my crops. Notice the wording there. There, in the greater, bigger barns, I will store all my crops and my goods. So he's going to to hoard everything that he has. Since he doesn't have room for it, he's going to make room for it so that he can keep it for himself and store it up. And then I will say to my soul in verse 19, Soul, you have many goods laid up. That might be worth pointing out too that he's... uh, Consulting with himself here, <laughs> rather than praying, rather than seeking God's will, rather than seeking godly counsel from godly men or some something of that nature, um, he just consults with himself. I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up. And there it is again. He's storing up what he treasures. Have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, this this is what um, Jesus is warning against. Now, isn't that pretty much in a in a nutshell what we today call the American dream? To store up everything that we can, and 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 the the more God blesses us with. Uh, we'll, we'll just, we'll just, you know, create bigger bank accounts or whatever it is, bigger garages, bigger houses, um, rent a storage building, uh, whatever we need to do to store up all of our goods, all of our possessions, all of our finances, so that we can get to the point to where we just take it easy and relax. I will say to my soul, you've got many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. That sounds a lot like our modern retirement plans, doesn't it? But God said to him, fool. Fool. 
This night your soul will be required of you. Now there's something he, he didn't expect, right? This night your soul will be required of you. Now that's, this is where we're all headed. We're, we're all at some point going to stand before the king. We're all going to stand before the Lord at some point, either when we die or when He returns, and give an account. At, at that moment, when we stand before God to give an account for all that we've done in this life, how much will our material goods matter? What will it be worth if we if if can can we say you know? But look what I've stored up. Look at the house I have. Look at the car I have. Something tells me by Jesus' words here, and of course other places in the Scripture as well, that God won't be real impressed with our abundance. This is again Jesus is saying. This is the wrong route. Storing up for oneself to be rich uh, with this world's goods um, is no true treasure. And Jesus says, this is how it is with he, verse 21, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, what Paul is doing in 1 Timothy 6 is instructing Timothy to instruct the rich in the congregation to be rich toward God. Be rich in good works. Be willing to give. Willing to distribute. Willing to share. For the glory of God. Storing up, as Jesus says in Matthew 6, Treasures in heaven by, by doing good deeds, by distributing, by caring for the saints. In fact, Paul's already outlined uh, some things that we have the responsibility to do in this, in this letter in 1 Timothy. Care for the saints, for example. Right? Honor the elders. The elderly as well as uh, elders in the church. Minister to the poor. You go to Acts two, and you see, uh, and you see all the church caring for one another, distributing uh, to each other, such as uh, according to their need, laying up treasures in heaven rather than here on earth. Let me get back over here to First Timothy. That's one. I won't take the time to go to the others, but you can go to Luke 16 and, and you'll see another, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, uh, the antithesis of what uh, Jesus is, is uh, uh, recommending, the antithesis of what Paul is uh, saying here in 1 Timothy. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches. Now, this is what... Uh, the man we were just reading about was doing. He had all of his um, trust in what he was able to accumulate in this world. Paul says, don't trust in uncertain riches. Why? Because they're uncertain. 
<clears throat> because there's no real eternal value. In fact, Proverbs 23.5 says, Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. So trust God is what Paul is saying. Don't trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. All the blessings that we know, just like the crops of the rich man in Luke 12, are gifts from God given to us to enjoy and to share. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now, here's the thing. I think I mentioned this before, but this is what always comes to mind with me when I'm reading this. Um, who is who is Jesus talking about in Luke 12? Who is He talking about in Luke 16? Who's, who is Paul talking about here uh, when he says, those who are rich in the now age? Well, it seems that he's talking about people who have extra. Have more than they have what they need. God has provided them with what they need. And then they have some to store up, right? In fact, that's what Jesus is doing in Matthew 6, giving, giving instruction on uh, what to store up. You know, you don't store up earthly treasures, store up heavenly treasures. And the illustration in Luke 12 gives an example of someone storing up the wrong things. So, they, they have what they need, plus they have something extra to store up. And the reason I point that out is because I don't think he's necessarily talking about the extremely, what we would consider the extremely wealthy, although that would certainly apply to them. But I think he's talking about us. He's talking about us. We have, average American, we have what we need and we have extra. We have some to store up. You say, well... I don't have any store up. You might have something to store up, brother, but I don't have any to store up. Well, when's the last time you ate at a restaurant? Or went to a movie? Or played a game of golf? Or put money in a savings account? Added to your 401k? That's money to store up. That's extra. And what Jesus is saying, what Paul is saying is, use it wisely. Invest it in the kingdom of God. Let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. It's an exhortation for us. It's an exhortation for us. Listening to all this stuff going on in uh, Egypt over the past few weeks, and you've probably heard this statistic if you were keeping up with that as well. Forty percent of the people there are living on two dollars a day. We're rich. We're rich, and that and that's a big percentage of the world. I, I don't, not just that specifically was Egypt, but uh, those figures uh, are, are applicable to a large portion of the world. People living in poverty, real poverty, 
So, for the Christians, it's imperative that we are not covetous, but that we are ready to give, willing to share, meeting the needs of those in need for the glory of God. For the, for the benefit of those that we're ministering to and for the glory of God. Verse 20, O Timothy. Now here's direct command to Timothy. He just commanded him to command the rich. And now he's giving a, a direct exhortation to Timothy. O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. Well, now he's, he's summing up his thoughts for the, for the whole letter. Um, guard what was committed to your trust, Timothy. What, what was committed to Timothy's trust? What was committed to the trust of the, you could say, of the church at Ephesus? What is committed to our trust? The truth. The message of the Gospel. He's, Paul is saying, Timothy, guard it because there's false teaching. There, there are false teachers infiltrating the church. They appear to be sheep, but as Jesus said, inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Guard the truth. Stand for the truth. Preach the truth. Live the truth. Do the truth for the glory of God. Live in this world, in the now age, as citizens of the future age, as kingdom heirs. Well, um, what's the truth? In a, in a nutshell, you could say, when, when we talk about the gospel. Let me go back just for a moment as we, before we close here to chapter 1, verse 15. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul says, of whom I am chief. Everything else, and there, of course, there, there are a lot of things we, we talk about concerning truth, um, various aspects. You know, we talk about the nature and character of God. We talk about, as we were just doing, you know, the truth about God, uh, how God would have us conduct ourselves in this world. The truth uh, concerning ourselves and our own sin and so forth. And all of those things are centered around this truth, the core of the Gospel. We're all sinners. Christ Jesus came to save sinners. And every, everything else, even um, motivation for the rich, okay? For us. To give flows out of that. Freely you've received, freely give. He who did not spare His own Son, Right? Gave us His own Son. How shall He not with Him freely give us all things? And so from that, because His love lavished upon us, we love. 
Every other aspect of truth flows out of this core part of the gospel message. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. Jesus Christ came. Paul says this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance. Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's the truth that the church stands for, that the church proclaims, that the church lives for, hopefully lives out for the glory of God. That's the truth we want to carry into the world. Everybody's a sinner in need of salvation. And there's one way. There's one way. Through faith in Jesus Christ. This is why He came. To save sinners. To save sinners. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for Your Word. We're thankful for the Gospel message. Lord, You loved us. Sent Your only begotten Son into the world uh, to die for us, for all who would believe. Freely, You have given. There's not a, not a, a thing that we have done or, or, or can do to earn Your favor. We cannot earn righteousness. We cannot earn salvation. It's all of You. It's a gift. Lord, we thank You. And we pray, Lord, uh, that You give us wisdom as witnesses of Your grace. Lord, give us wisdom to share that message with others who need to know You to live in a manner that your, uh, your grace would flow in and through us so that all may see the reality of Jesus and of this message of salvation. Again, we ask it for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org. You may use the links there to contact us or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304 Highway 80, Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.